Welcome to All Write in Sin City, a podcast about writers and writing in the Windsor, Detroit region. Your podcasters today are Irene Moore Davis, author, educator, and local historian, Sarah Jarvis, former bookseller, publishing rep, and literary festival chair, and me, Kim Conklin, Windsor based writer and filmmaker. recording takes place online in the era of safe physical distancing. Born in Ottawa, Rob McLennan currently lives in Ottawa, where he is home full-time with the two wee girls he shares with Christine McNair. The author of more than 30 trade books of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction, he won the John Newlove Poetry Award in 2010, the Council for the Arts in Ottawa Mid-Career Award in 2014, and was long-listed for the CIBC Poetry Prize in 2012 and 2017. In March 2016, he was inducted into the Verse Ottawa Hall of Honor. His most recent poetry collections are A Halt, Which is Empty, by Mansfield Press in 2019, and Life Sentence, which was published in 2019 by Spoyton Doyville, with a further poetry title forthcoming from University of Calgary Press. An editor and publisher, he runs Above Ground Press, Periodicities, a journal of poetry and poetics, and Touch the Donkey. He is editor of My Small Press Writing Day and an editor, managing editor of many gendered mothers. Rob McLennan regularly posts reviews, essays, interviews, and other notices at robmclennan.blogspot.com. Welcome, Rob McLennan. Hello. That was so a happy, that was a happy well. amount of talking you had to do. <laughs> how and when did you fall in love with writing? Um, well, I was, I was poking at little bits of writing when I was uh, very young, like five or six. And I just happened to hit a social group in high school that were also writing, so grade nine and 10. Uh, so it kind of prompted me to do my own thing. So and I pretty much just launched from there. Uh, I know grade 13, Writer's Craft, all we had to do was uh, submit 30 pages and I submitted 120. So I was, I was doing a lot then. <laughs> What's your typical writing process? Do you have a routine that, you, that works for you or... Um, I've pretty much been the all day, every day for like 30 years. I don't see the point in putting my best energy in this, into what I care for a second. So I never saw the point in schooling or employment. Uh, I wake up and I work right now. Obviously I'm, I do that at the pleasure of uh, wife and children. The, the, uh, the children not only exist, but they're home all the time. You know, they're four and almost seven. Yeah, I just, I just get up and I just work and I just poke at things and, and to see where they go working on a uh, half dozen things at any given time. Okay, well, that kind of leads into our next question. How do you balance that publishing and editing with writing fiction and nonfiction and poetry? Are you able to do them all pretty much simultaneously? It sounds like you can. Well, kind of. And, and I've always been doing that. Uh, even like as a high schooler, I was, I was poking at uh, fiction and poetry and playing music and drawing and doing various things like that. Uh, it's only when my first child was born back in 91 that I thought, you know, I should, I should, I should figure out one thing 
And then once I get a handle on that, then I'll try to do a second thing. Uh, and for whatever reason, that first thing I picked was poetry. So uh, once I, I felt it after about five or six or seven years, then I felt confident enough that I could attempt fiction. Yeah, I kind of, I do them all simultaneously, but I tend to only work on two large projects at any given time. Otherwise, I, I can't keep, I can't keep them in my head. When I'm working on, like I've been working on a novel since the beginning of July, which allows me the attention to work on short stories sort of on the side. But if I'm working on, a, on that, I can't really work on poetry. I used to be able to do more, obviously, before the We Children, because I had longer days. Yeah, I'd be able to work on like a novel and a poetry manuscript simultaneously, but that's, uh, that's before all the new babies. <laughs> so you have published more than 30 books. How yeah. would you describe your evolution as a writer since your first book, Notes on Drowning? That's a good question. I think when I started paying attention to fiction seriously, all the storytelling elements of my poems shifted out. So it allowed my poems to move in a different direction, which is kind of interesting. I, I didn't feel the need to tell stories in the poems anymore because I was writing so stories. So I think I'm far more attuned to language in the poetry. And then when I'm working on prose, I'm aware, I'm, I'm, I'm more working through narrative, but highly attuned to the language. <laughs> yeah. Like even the difference between prose poems and tiny short stories, they might be each a single paragraph and they might each be a, a similar length. But if I'm working on a prose poem, the way I approach it is different than if I work a short story. Right? One is propelled by language and one is propelled by narrative. Even if it, like the story is one sentence long. It's still, there's a beginning, there's a middle and an end. There's a tra trajectory. So I can't call it poetry in my head. It is, uh, it is fiction. It is prose, you know? But then a prose poem will be doing something different structurally. For your blog and for your periodicals, you frequently interview fellow authors. What appeals to you about interviewing other writers? And what does that experience bring to you? Sometimes the best way to understand someone's work is to get them in their own words. And the 12 and 20 question series is a lot of fun. I've not repeated anyone on purpose. I think I've done it twice accidentally, but I've done like a thousand interviews since 2007. So it really just opens up, you know, I might not be interested in the work of every single person, but it allows me at least to be aware of what different people are doing. And that's kind of fun. And I'm always two or three months backlogged. I'm just, you know, constantly soliciting people. So that's like a thousand interviews. That's crazy. And yes, yeah, the same with Touch the Donkey. I do the interviews uh, that are like seven or eight questions. They are back and forth interviews and they sort of uh, go around the submission that they have in the current issue. And it's a way to kind of just understand the poem, understand how they got to that poem, what surrounds the poem, you know, the trajectory to that poem. Yeah, and it's going through their own words. It's, uh, and I'm, you know, a lot of the people I'm interviewing for 12 and 20s and for Donkey haven't really been interviewed before, which is kind of neat. 
like obviously it's different, you know, when I'm inter- interviewing George Bowering about a poem, but I'm surprised at the amount of people that have like a first book or a second book or and then just have never been interviewed. I find that very strange. That is kind of unusual. Yeah. So your latest poetry collections released in the same year are A Halt, which is empty. Oh, there you go. And Life Sentence. <laughs> the former focuses on places and spaces around Ottawa and their histories and ideas that they represent. And the latter is a review of your life, which also focuses on the architecture of language. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how you engaged with those two very different projects and releasing them in the same year. Well, having them released in the same year was just as much the publisher's schedule, really more their schedule than mine. The halt which is empty when my current, my now wife and I first uh, got an apartment together, a halt which is empty with that first year of us living in a different part of Ottawa center town and me just curious about, okay, we're, we're in this part of the neighborhood. What does that mean? How old is this street? You know, like, uh, so I ended up doing a lot of research and finding out that our little street was part of a neighborhood that was only incorporated into Ottawa in like 1880 or something. When the guy, the guy who invented the neighborhood named our street after his son, and it became part of the Ottawa officially when his son was the mayor. So it's all these neat little bits of history that I was kind of looking up, like, okay, if we're going to be here, what does that mean? And so that, the, that book kind of came out of some of that research and that exploration. The life sentence, very different structurally, because that was a, I don't even know if I, when I wrote it, I tried to put bit dates at the end of my manuscripts and my books now, if only for me, because I'm interested as to when things were composed. Yeah, this is a similar time period, 2012, 2013, and I was just, I was sort of stretching out these, um, it's sort of a book of sequences, but a, uh, a sequence of sequences, sort of, I don't know, loose stuff around, not really geography, but playing with that. And, you know, we got a cat. My dad was going through cancer surgery. So there are all sorts of little diaristic, journalistic kind of pieces, much more than the, than the Halt book. I have no idea if I've answered that correctly. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> so can you tell us about your forthcoming projects? Uh, I wrote that in 2018, I think. It is uh, about 105 little short prose poems. The Book of Smaller that comes out with the University of Calgary, most likely 2022. Uh, they haven't actually answered the question yet as to when it will come out. But uh, my friend Gil McElroy had a book come out with them a few weeks ago. And I went back through emails and realized that he had told me two years ago, pretty much to the month uh, of when his book came out. So I thought, well, that's probably going to be about the same then for me. So it could be July, 2022. Uh, I was playing with prose poems and seeing where they could go, how, how dense, I could get how much I can get into a very small space. I was playing, I was trying to also play with more overt political content. So I have a poem about the prime minister. I have a poem about the president, but also trying to play with it in a way that like there are a lot of subjects that they don't need me 
presenting my point of view. Well, let's hear from the straight white guy. Like, we don't need that. But then how do I engage and, you know, be an ally for certain kinds of, of subject matter? So it was trying to, trying to feel that out in a very careful way. But yeah, some poems are like my eldest kid went to New York for a weekend. So I'd, you know, playing these little tight, tight, tight prose poems. And yeah, they're, they're uh, 105 of them. I wrote them over like a year. We'll look forward to that. Would you like to read something that's out now f- for our listeners? Okay, so this poem is called Mother Firths. And uh, it comes from, there was a tavern called Mother Firths Tavern in like 1809. And the cover is actually an illustration by Colonel John By from that period, his sketch of that tavern. Uh, which is extremely cool, that right? Because Colonel, Colonel John By, he's the one who had the canal built, right? The Rito Canal. So Mother Firth, one. In 1827, above the boiling water, is Canada West suspenses past the presence. Voyagers and kinsmen, summertime, last chance, the meaning of what soars. Brand of hardy men drawn, the surly foamed and swirling, spectator and prophecy. Two, emerge a man of promise, a formal year, suspend, the water pulse, grammatically correct, so nearly beaten, tamed, could lick the bridge clean. Three, history, a breath, holds, hard work makes a thirst, Hothouse evangelical requires invention, mud prints, urban blight, city planners speculate. Stare northwest, east, conjoined, what I remember only breath this tumbling water. Four. In 1827, seven leaps they bridged provincial union. Lieutenant Pooley's wave, the single wooden path to save collapse and endless edge. Big kettle speculation, ice, white as a neighbor, new. O'Connor Street, as long as Bytown. Five, we lift a raise, we drink, we lift a bridge. Cool dunked and swam, this in English regiment of foot. Machines, the watercraft of misplaced bells. In Isaac's cups, complete, a repertoire of swaying roots, enact the river highway. Six, the street named for the Duke of Wellington, no longer a complete sentence. The local shoreline wept, misspent hours planning, flexible. The costume strangers, John LeBreton's blues, another Prescott century, wagon wheels, an echoed parable of chance. Seven, in 1827, the falls which birthed the bay, frequencies still, portaged, lumber barons, mill, these rapids beckon, mountains crawled, liquid time, a lack, a lapse, cascading sound of water boils, two leagues hence, dear circumstance, Astiku, the water swirls. Eight. A study of parades, authority, a letter from Dalhousie, build a snowball given credence. Systematically phonetic, the deep clefts, rock face, riverbed, the lip of steamboats, rattle, blood pools. We skip the epigraphs, the art of composition. Nine, function, metaphors, an open shutter, 
princely sum. The raftsmen lived on rafts, an open fire set upon clear sand. Empire, what dominion, cut from cedar boughs, birch bark, maple. Ten. In 1827, a year's first light, William Stewart, out from County Glen. This noble bytown, Commonwealth's most dangerous locale. Cadence of these ancient hills, late Proteozoic to early Paleozoic, North Valley Shoulder, Sleigh Bay, renamed Entrance, and a sideways steamer, every window, mouths. 11. What mornings rise, this roughneck passage, a league fence, past a rapid, cold commence of moonlight. On its fringes, forest, sparkles, snow, compressed disturbance, marching orders, a category to a point. Samuel de Champlain, who ventured up, we call the water. 12. Homestead, virgin forest, Isaac Firth's wife, who made such otter caps she couldn't keep. They came, this final thing, the locomotive, dark, this widening habit, stream, a stretch, arranged a reach. In 1832, the Firths departed into Bytown, their tavern silenced against the linen cloth. Lovely. That was just gorgeous. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for joining us. Look for more episodes of All Right in Sin City wherever you listen to podcasts, or check out our website, allrightinsincity.com. For information and announcements of new podcasts, sign up to our email list or follow us on Facebook and Twitter.